funny man. Um, um, don't know if that's because he's Australian, but um, he he made a lot of people laugh. And I think that the, the outstanding factors about him is a real team man. Not only did he organise uh, uh, the budgie smugglers and uh, and the uh, drinks holders and, and and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, I just think he's a wonderful bloke. Hello and welcome back to the Middle Overs podcast with myself, Harry Starting. And me, Ollie Doggett. And yeah, it's good to be back. How are you, mate? I'm not too bad. Yeah, nice. weather's picked up a bit, so um, we can now do our throwdowns outside instead of inside. But um, Yeah, perfect. That's all good and it's a very, very exciting episode today. Yeah, um, speaking of, we've got our first professional um, coming on to the Middle Overs podcast. Um, current Sussex man. So, yeah, without further ado, uh, welcome to the podcast, Mitch Clayton. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to, to being your first pro. Very exciting for us. Uh, how are you doing, mate? How's, uh, how's life during the quarantine? Yeah, it's obviously, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Um, you know, you, you go so hard working all winter, especially at my age, getting yourself ready for for a season and a new club and, you know, that enjoyment level of getting to South Africa and meeting everyone um, to get back to, to Hove, to living in a new area, to being locked down. Um, it's pretty surreal, really. Like, you know, obviously we've seen nothing like it in our lifetime, but, you know, the wife and I, who's eight months pregnant, we're doing the right thing and, and staying at home and doing all we can. Um, such a shame. We've got a great location right near the water, um, but I'm sure we'll get to use it at some stage. Mm. How has the um, how has the move from Sussex uh, from Kent to Sussex been? Yeah, it's been good. I suppose some would say, being my fourth club, I should be used to it in sixteen, seventeen years. <laughs> um, but it's been fantastic. Listen, from the moment I signed, um, every single person at the club, from players to office staff, have been so supportive um, to getting us settled into Hove as well. They've been outstanding. I, you know, it's quite crazy that, you know, I haven't met you two, I haven't met anyone in the office yet. Um, and it's coming into, or in May. Um, but, you know, we've just, obviously it's crazy time. So I'm sure at some stage we will all meet. How, um, how, how are you feeling the time in quarantine? Like how, how was your bike ride this afternoon? Yeah, it's okay. That's, uh, it's, I've sort of got that going. I, I sort of try to get out four or five times a week on my bike just to keep myself ticking over. Yeah. Um, exploring the, the lovely county of Sussex, really. I get out and about and have a look around. Um, it's a gorgeous place to ride around. It's actually quite nice at the moment with not too many cars on the road. Um, and and some of the, country, the countryside is absolutely gorgeous around here. Mm. Are there any other members of the pro staff that go with you or are into their cycling? Yeah, not go with me because we're not allowed to do that because of social yeah. distancing. <laughs> But yeah, Laurie Evans is right into it. Um, I've seen Laurie a few times out and about. I've run into actually, I was cycling along a couple of weeks ago and I heard someone yell out, Mitch, and turned around. It was Ollie Robb. He was out riding as well. So everyone's just trying to obviously do what they can to try and, you know, keep fit and keep going at this tough time. So, uh, yeah, obviously you spoke about the winter um, and all the hard work put in and then, uh, the pre-season tour to South Africa and how was that? Obviously, we know it sort of ended early, which was a shame. But how was your time whilst you were out there? Yeah, it was fantastic. Meeting, you know, I, I've played a lot of cricket, obviously, over in England. I know, I've known most of the Sussex lads 
being in the South group for the last seven years. Um, so it was nice to sort of meet everyone on that sort of level. It's I'm quite a, on a cricket field, you know, I always play with a smile on my face and I don't get too into, you know, the abuse of cricketers. But Wells is one guy that I always sort of over the years have always sort of just got stuck into a little bit just because I... I I just enjoy his sort of character. I can see he's a bit loud and I thought, right, I always try to have a go at him. So when so I rise to it. So I arrived in South Africa and walked in and I was room with him. We both just cracked up laughing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was quite nice after a very nice winter. So Mitch, could you, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you grew up loving the game of cricket? Just kind of take yeah. it back. Uh, yeah, like I suppose every Australian, we, um, you know, we spend our lifetimes outside playing sport. Um, I I done BMX till I was probably 13, 14 years old, played rugby league and then sort of met who become my best mate and his parents sort of got me into cricket. Um, and from there, it just developed quite quick, quickly, really. I, you know, I won all these awards in my first year at 12 years old. I hadn't really shown much interest in cricket before that. Um, and then... You know, went to a selective sports high school in a cricket program, which, you know, Michael Clark was part of. Usman went to the same school. Um, Westfield Sports High and sort of just moved quite quickly. And then I was walking to the shops one day with a mate and I always wanted to play for Australia. That was always my dream growing up. But that time in Australia, it was so tough. And obviously I had an Australian passport. Um, so to come to England you know, was sort of always an idea. And a mate sort of said to me, why don't you give it a crack? And literally, I, I played grade cricket against Phil Jakes, who was playing for Yorkshire at the time. Um, I played against him at Carring Bar Oval in first grade and just sort of mentioned that I fancied going over to England and have a crack. And he, he rang me two days later and said, mate, you've got a month. You're flying out with me in a month. Uh, Yorkshire are giving you a two-week trial. Mm. It was like... And I, it's something I'll never ever forget arriving in England. All my dad's family was in Yorkshire, so that was quite special. And I walked into the change room, you know, at Yorkshire, and there's, you know, Craig White, Michael Vaughan, all these guys that I've watched, Chris Silverwood, Richard Dawson, all these guys I'd watched play for England, and Matthew Hoggard. And we started playing this game in March, late March. And I opened the bowling with Matthew Hoggard, and you know, that's 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of how my journey started, getting to England. Mm. How was that, um, how easy was that transition to make? Obviously a massive um, difference in climate, but uh, also sort of the style of play as well between the two countries. Yeah, well, it's, it's obviously very, very different. You know, my style of bowling's always sort of been that Australian style of running and you know, bowl it as fast as you can, use your two bounces and over, which, to, to be honest, I probably, you know, that was my role for the first part of my career, definitely at Yorkshire. Um, you know, at Durham with the phenomenal tack up there, we, you know, that was my role to be aggressive. And it was only sort of when I moved to Kent that I, I would say I probably started bowling a little bit more like, you know, that English style of bowler, pitching it up with, you know, my dodgy side team. Um, you know, trying to sort of nibble it about. And, you know, that's probably the last seven or eight years I've, I've enjoyed the most, definitely success-wise. You know, from a personal point of view, I had some I had some great, obviously, years at Durham, being a part of three county championships there and, and a phenomenal, phenomenal squad. Like, you know, the internationals we had 
in my time at Durham was absolutely spectacular. Um, but, you know, moving to Kent was a very different role, um, being a senior player, and I absolutely loved that as well. Um, you know, it was it was a hard move because of the place where I found home. Obviously, met my wife, had a place down there, but I'm absolutely chomping at the bit to get out and put that Sussex T-shirt on, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah. So back, back, back in Australia, um, what's your relationship with grade cricket? Okay, so I spent probably, I think I'd done nine seasons back-to-back playing county cricket and grade cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's grade cricket. You know, I've been lucky enough over the last few years, I've started umpiring in Australia. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> see a lot of grade cricket. It's, you know, grade cricket when I grew up was, it was, it's very different to how it is now. It was very senior. Everyone was sort of, you know, the 35-year-olds taught the 30-year-olds, the 30-year-olds taught the 25-year-olds. It. Now it's so the 23-year-olds teach the 18-year-olds. It, it doesn't seem to be that many senior players kicking around. There is some. Um, but, hey, listen, I, I, I would say to any young English cricketer, you have to go away and play grade cricket in Australia. You know, Australia, uh, Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, places like that, because it is a great development, you know, to get out there. Aussies don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've taken over about eight or nine, maybe even more English guys to play for my club sides and club sides. I sort of, uh, Bell Drummond went to uh, Ramwick. I sorted that out for him. We've had uh, Ollie Robb, Ben Harmis and Will Gidman. Um, you know, Ollie Pope was at my local club two, three years ago. All these guys come out and played, um, who played county career. Mm. But, yeah, it's a great winter, isn't it? If you can get away, spend being here in the cold. Yeah. And could you tell us about um, maybe your lowest point in grade cricket and how you've worked up to be now coaching Steve Smith at the Sydney Sixers? <sighs> My lowest point in cricket or grade cricket? Um, maybe all of cricket then. <laughs> My lowest point in grade cricket was probably four or five years ago, My you know, I met my wife who was coming out to Australia for the first time at Christmas and I'd come off a huge season. I think I'd bowled something like 700 overs in all competitions for Canton. And I went home and I just, I wanted to continue bowling. And it was after Christmas and we're playing, I was playing for Bankstown at Jensen Oval. And I was literally just, it was 38 degrees, no shade anywhere in the ground. And I was bowling on this wicket that didn't bounce above knee height. And I was stood at fine leg. And I looked around and just thought, what am I doing? And I never played <laughs> great cricket after that again. <laughs> and what, um, what, about all of, what about all of cricket then? Oh, my lowest point in all of cricket. Good question. Um, like then any time you drop a catch is a low point. And yeah, that's true. That is true. I've, I've, I've been who, known not to be Who's the worst person you've dropped to catch off? Or who's the worst person you've dropped? Oh, I don't really. I don't think I've touched wood. I don't think I. I had the t- chance to take a catch uh, to win the title in two thousand and nine. I think it was Harmy bowled it and a skyer, and they were nine down, and I dropped it. Um, <laughs> but I did have a moment. There's a video that kicks around of me um, bowling a ball and it getting skied, and I got underneath it, caught and bowled, and I didn't even get a mid on it. Um, but I don't think I've dropped any touch wood huge that have cost, yeah, you know, like like a big score or anything. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you returned home to Australia for this winter. 
um, and coaching the Sixers. Um, obviously, excellent tournament for the Sixers, um, finishing as the winners. Um, what's that sort of environment like in the tournament? Yeah, uh, I absolutely love it. So I've been involved with the Sixers now for four years, two years as assistant coach. The first sort of uh, two years, I I was asked to sort of help out with their academy. So that's all guys playing first grade that are on the verge of playing, um, you know, that are they're trying to fight for a spot on our roster. Um, that sort of moved into going and helping out the squad four years ago, just being around. And I, I travelled with the squad that whole uh, campaign. It, you know, it's a phenomenal tournament. Um, it was, I, I thought, we were close to my first year. We lost the final to the Scorchers. Uh, second year didn't really go away. Third year, you know, you lose some key games. And then last year, I thought, you know, we're absolutely, I actually said to a guy called Gav Twining, who's one of the other coaches, I said to him after the third game, we're winning this this year. I just sort of had that feeling. I knew that if we could be there or thereabouts come semi-final time, and then you get back the lights of Josh Hazelwood, Stephen Smith, Nathan Lyon into what was already a very strong squad. Um, I, I thought we would go on and win it. And, you know, it was a hell of a campaign. It's, it's very different coaching to playing. It's, you know, I would much rather be out there bowling the last over than sat watching it as a coach. Mm-hmm. Like, at least as a bowler, you know, you're in control of what happens, whereas a coach, you sit there and you just, I think that's why I've gone so grey so quickly. <laughs> you know, but work. Is, is there any, um, is there any tension sort of when you turn, return to Australia um, and you're set up in these teams, obviously the time you spend away in England, um, would you consider yourself sort of a pom with an accent or? I, do you know, I consider myself whoever's winning. So whoever wins the accent, <laughs> I've had this for years of whoever wins, I just, I support them. Um, and it's not even a support thing, just to wind everyone up. Listen, I would have loved the chance to play for either Australia or England, to be honest. But obviously that never come about. And I, I'm very proud to have been born, brought up in Australia. But actually England, you know, has been second home for, for years and years. Although I think once the time's over, I probably will end up back in the same, as much as I do love England. My wife's English and we're just about to have our first baby together. It's well, I had some great memories over here, but it's just lifestyle, isn't it? You want to be outside in the sun all the time. Yeah. So in, this, in the sixes, um, you said that you've uh, had Steve Smith and the likes of, the likes of Smith and Lyon in the team. Um, just interested to know, what is Smudge like as a bloke? Oh, mate, they're all absolutely fantastic. You know, at the end of the day, I think yeah, everyone forgets they are human. They they love what they do. The you know the work ethic of you know not just them two but our whole squad like through the whole campaign. You know these guys. It's no different to here. It's, it's just the difference is that in England you don't get the time to prepare and train and build up to a game like like you do in Australia. You know in Australia you fly. You've got two or three days to prepare for the game. Mm. We're in England like we're playing on a Friday night. We're on a bus on a Saturday. We're playing Sunday, you know, you're off Monday, then you're on a bus Tuesday, you play Wednesday. So yeah. that's almost, and I think the competition's different in the way of, uh, you know, the wickets in Australia are very different to the wickets here that we play in England. The, the grounds are a lot bigger. Mm. 
than than they are here in England. England, you know, you're bowling at Chelmsford with 50 yards square and 65 straight. And, you know, if you miss a Yorker at six, if you you get a slow ball wrong at six, where in Australia you can get away a little bit with that. And But, you know, on the other hand, in Australia, you've got the ball flying through nose height, you know, because the wickets bounce. But the competitions are very different, but, you know, similar in so many ways. But, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed seeing, you know, Smith. And, and I am I am a cricket tragic through my whole career. I've, you know, I've collected shirts of all the the, the, the big names I played with. I, you know, I, I'd had about 15 whiskeys after the Big Bash and I went around and got a photo of Smith and Haywood and Lyon and, you know, <laughs> Vince. Because, you know, that's stuff I can keep. Yeah. And show, and show my family. How many times have you uh, caught Steve Smith shadow batting just by himself? Uh, no, he just I actually we built quite a nice relationship with. I would sling to him and he would bat, and it was you know I, I bowled, I played against Australia, probably not the last Ashes inning on the one before. I think Smith got a hundred, and I've always said he's the hardest person I've bowled that like you'd move your, you know your point. You bring your point up and try and bowl at his legs to get him to hit the leg side and hit you through point. You bring your square leg up and try and get him to hit through the offside and hit you through behind square. Yeah. So he's and and to sling at him and I've got good pace on a on a slinger and it is just extraordinary to see how where he hits the cricket ball. Mm, yeah. Um, so we've got a few questions that we had sent in for you. If we could uh, just ask some of those from, um, from the Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, from all the fans. Um, first one is, who's the best player you've played with and then against as well? Uh, played with, it's, you know, it's such a tough question, isn't it? You'd, you'd say, I, you know, I've seen Stokesy rock up in winter nets for Durham, uh, sort of March time. We didn't really know who he was. And he come in and faced me and Harmy. Um, and then he come and bowled with us and thought, who the hell is this? Yeah. You know, it's been stoking to see what he's done. Obviously, it's hard to go past that. But then, you know, the amount of internationals I've played with at Durham, you know, phenomenal. There were some sensational players there. I actually spent six weeks or five weeks playing uh, with Mahela Jaya Wardner as overseas player at uh, Care, uh, Central Districts. I get confused. Yeah, Central Districts. So I played for a few different teams in England, uh, New Zealand. Central. Um and he was obviously, you know, he's 149, 150 tests, I think, Mahela played. You know, so it's hard to go past sort of them for you. Yeah, no, of course. And uh, following on from that, um, who's the worst player you have played with or against? Oh, what a question that is. <laughs> Jeez, I don't think I could answer that. The worst player. I think anyone that plays professional cricket deserves that spot, don't they? So I think it's a very tough yeah. question to answer. Any village cricket uh, you've ever played or anything like that? 30 that? Kilo, have you ever played any, any village cricket with a 30 kilo overweight opener? Anything like that? No, no, I haven't. I've, I've played a little bit of club cricket. And yeah. do you know what? I, 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 I play for folks in Kent and I still continue to play for folks in Kent. And I go back and I absolutely love going back and playing. It's a great vibe. You know, it, it makes you, you know, you realise where you started and, and the fun you have, and it's not as serious, and it's actually quite nice to go back. So every chance I get, I go back to play them. But I don't think I could answer that, the worst player. 
that's fair enough completely fair enough <laughs> um next one's from someone in the sussex pathway actually will collard he uh he asked how fast can you sink a pint yeah terrible i i've never been great at drinking but i can get a pint down but it does take me a, a good while and as i've got older i'm getting worse and worse at drinking <laughs> Um, how about what's your favourite music artist to listen to um, on your way to a game? Uh, geez, I don't go past Foo Fighters, man. I love the Foo Fighters. Fair enough. I've always got something like that playing on my iPod, my iPod, or my iPod, my phone. You know, when I'm writing or anything like that. I just I listen to any type of music. I'm not really that fussed, really. But Foo Fighters, yeah, at the top. Cool. Um, obviously, Australians are certain stigma around for their chat on on and off the field but is there any is there any chat you received uh through your career that has uh has stuck with you yeah i've you know to be honest i've never been someone that's got right into verbals um there's obviously been lots and lots of funny things that happen on a cricket field i was fielding uh we're playing i can't remember who was hoggard playing for at the time not yorkshire i think he moved to to Leicester or, or someone, and we're playing at Durham, and Steve Harney was bowling quick, and I was sort of at a short catching cover, and Harney come running in, and he bowled this ball, and it sort of, you know, them balls that sort of pitch off stump, and nip back at Hoggard, and it went flying sort of through his midriff area, and we were all like, whoa, and Harney said, oh my God, Hoggy, how was that missed? And I'll never forget it. And he yelled out, how the F am I meant to know? I've got my eyes closed. And that just, <laughs> that, that stuck with me because I thought that's, that's like so quick-witted and that was hoggy, wasn't it? And, and cool. funny, but yeah, I've seen lots of things happen on a cricket field. I've never been someone that gets into, you know, the argy-bargy. I'll, I'll defend a teammate or, or say something if someone's getting under my skin. But, you know, I definitely don't get personal or anything like that. Perfect. Um, I don't know whether you've listened to the podcast much at all. I wouldn't blame you if you haven't. Um, but we're sort of, we're, uh, we'll say infamous for our quick fire questions, the not so quick fire. Um, so we've got, we've got seven of them for you. Um, yeah. Ollie, if you want to start. I will. Um, so, so some of these you, you, you're, you're not obliged to answer. Um, but and I don't know if you have personal relationships with either of these two blokes. If you do, fine. But the question is, who would you rather run out, David Warner or Cameron Bancroft? Uh, Warner. Fair enough. Straight answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, would only you because, rather? Only because if he kept batting, he's obviously someone that can hurt you, isn't he? So oh no! As in, as in if you're as as in if you're the batsman. If you're the best, oh. actually runs in. <laughs> oh, I thought you made some good. Yeah, go with Warner. That'll do. Good. Um, would you rather have a deadly Yorker or a deadly bumper? Yorker. Yorker. Um, so, an Australian beer question: Would you rather a Forex Gold or a Fosters? Forex Gold. Don't drink Fosters in Australia. Oh, do you know, Which is great. They just pretend they're in Australia, an Australian library. You don't see, you don't see fosters anywhere in pubs or anything like that, I'm sure. That's poor advice from them. Really poor. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's the worst to face in the Sussex Nets? 
I don't know. I haven't batted in the net yet. And I tell you right now, I will not be putting my name or getting busy to put my name on that board to have a hit. I'll just have some off the side arm, please. I've, at 37, I don't need to be in them net space in some of our bowlers. Yeah. The indoor school ones are quite quick, aren't they? Even so, I will not even get the U-boats and face U-boats in that indoor school. <laughs> um, so, next one is, have, have you ever heard of the name Alan Duncan? No. <laughs> Probably for the best. Um, Perfect. Perfect. Who's, uh, who's the worst umpire on the circuit? Oh, see, I would never, do you know what, for the last couple of years, well, definitely the last year, I umpired the whole year back home. And I don't think I would actually give you a name for the worst umpire on the circuit because until you've stood there and done it, it's yeah. very tough. Yeah. Um, you know, I got the first grade before I come back and I, I absolutely love my umpiring. It's something that I will pursue, but it is such a tough, you know, a job to do. I won't say worse, but I had last year, the last, my last game for Kent, actually, I was on 299 first class week. It's looking quite forward to get the 300. And I nicked off Olivier and the umpire give it not out. And I actually said to him, and he admitted after, he said, mate, I'm real sorry I got that wrong, which is fine. I quite like that. But I said to him, do you realise I now have to sit all winter on 299 first class week not realising that it's going to be all winter, then a whole other summer, then another winter. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an 18-week. Mm. Um, I, can, I can actually agree with you in that. I think umpiring is very hard. Um, I've umpired uh, for my Sunday league side, uh, Steve Laston. And, um, yeah, no, you, get, you can get, get a lot of chat from, from the lads, the yeah. um, 60-year-old kind of dads. Just You're more of a trigger-happy umpire, though, aren't you? Oh yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Go on, get to the get to the post-match pints. Um, okay. Right. So then, the final final quick fire um, quick fire round is um, quick quick fire question. Sorry, is a uh, shag marry kill question. So shag marry kill. Um, Steve Smith, Joe Root, and Virat Kohli. Oh, shag marry kill. I don't. I don't know. I would have to. Oh, jeez, I don't know. How would I go with that? <laughs> I, I haven't got it in me to kill anyone. I'm far too much of a giant, cuddly bear. <laughs> but, let's, um, let's, let's say someone else disposes of them then. Uh, well, Cole, because I don't know him, so it's not. Nice. Joy batting. And what are the other two? Uh, Steve Smith and Joe Root. So I'd, I'd, I'd marry. Smudge. And then what was the other one? Uh, so that would mean you shagged your route. But, um, yeah, I'll take that. No problem. It's a personal decision. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for your willingness during those. Yeah. Um, the only other thing to ask is sort of what are you most looking forward to about um, Sussex as a new club? Uh, I, I've a few things, actually. I've got... You know, the challenge of obviously getting into the first division um, as a group, I think it's an outstanding group of players. Um, you know, you, you look at that staff, you know, obviously they lose a few guys with England duties and stuff like that. So I do think I'm going to have a role to play in, you know, the four-day side. And ideally, I'd love to crack into their 2020 side. It's a format that I've done very well at throughout my career, but I'm not thinking for one moment that I'm going to start 
in their 11 or be anywhere near their 11, to be honest. But, you know, I want to make sure that when the time comes, it's a game, if it's two games, five games, make sure that, you know, what I, I do, what I've done my whole career with Yorkers and Slowballs and all that sort of stuff because, you know, they've been at finals day the last few years. You know, they are a phenomenal 2020 side. Um, so I'll be doing everything I can to, and I'm looking forward to playing at Brighton. I've, it's a place hope, that I've absolutely loved playing my whole career, whether it be for Durham or Kent. I've always enjoyed bowling here, red or white ball. So that was a huge plus when, you know, I sort of spoke to Jace about the potential of coming down here. It was something that I thought, you know, I've en- always enjoyed bowling here. So give it a go. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for, um, for having a chat with us, Mitch. It's been an absolute pleasure for us. Um, to hear what you've got to say. Um, for our next episode on the episode on the Middle Overs podcast, we've we're bringing it back to the the roots of the podcast and getting the director of sport at MCS on onto the podcast. Um, so that should be an interesting chat. Um, just a final th- thanks to Mitch Claydon. He's been a great sport, um, and all the all the best for if the season restarts and if not next season at Sussex. Thank you very much. much. Grab me. Cheers, mate. I love it.